Yes, it's Monday, and what a wonderful day for it to be Monday. In fact, I think it's the best time of the week for Monday to land. You know, in between Sunday and Tuesday. It seems quite natural. How are you all? I hope you're all feeling fantastically well. The sun is shining here in Liverpool. How do I know? Because I should be in a box, shouldn't I? I should be in the studio with no windows, but I'm at home. Yes. Familial things have happened. Sadly, we've got a um, a few issues going on. So I've had to be at home, which is good because I'm back when it all began. You know, it's like the Beatles revisiting the cavern. So, um, yeah, I'm in the room where I started podcasting, which is very nice. Um, the one downside means I can't sing songs for new Patreons. So there's an ever-growing list, which means next week when I hopefully, fingers crossed... We'll be back in the studio. I can sing you wonderful songs of thanks. And um, it'll be more like a Now That's What I Call Patreons 24. For anyone in the US, Now That's What I Call Music was a long series. It went on for years. I think it's still going. But basically, every Christmas, they would like whoever owned it would release one. Now That's What I Call Music number 29. And have all the number ones of that year. And uh, that was the joke there. Anyway, basically, it means I have zero instruments here to do anything with. So, and I'm not going to do like a um, papa, um, ah. I mean, I could. Should I? No, 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 no. I'm not going to do some sort of like beatbox. Thank you. But if you do want to sign up to Patreon, what you do get is you get two extra shows each and every week just for you guys. There's about uh, genuinely. It must be getting close to 400 hours worth of content over there. And I'm not even lying, because I put out like an hour a week. It's been going for five years. And, and you know, you do, you do the math. Anyway, so you get one show midweek, which is just me rambling. As you can tell, I like to talk. And on a Sunday, we try and keep it paranormal. Now, full disclosure, Beck is away, as you will find out later on today. Yes. Anyway. Becca's currently away with work, so she couldn't rein me in on this. And normally, if she's away and I have to do a paranormal Patreon by myself, um, I'm normally quite good at like keeping it on track. If anything, it's more paranormal than usual because I don't have the me and Becca having some banter. Um, but she wasn't here to rein me in, and I wasn't in the studio being professional. So instead, it was more of a para ramble if that makes sense so there was a bit of weirdness but it was mainly just me having a ramble i don't know why i'm so proud of that but you know i am anyway if you want to join up head over to patreon.com forward slash we need to talk about ghosts and you will also get your name sung out eventually when life decides to stop hitting me in the head with a mallet in the meantime what have we got in store for you today well First and foremost, we're going to do a paranormal review so that you don't have to review something for yourself. Then we're going to hear your true paranormal experiences. And then we have something extra special for today. We are going to cross countries, boundaries, continents and other things of mass. And we're going to speak to Becca via the medium of satellite, I imagine, or the internet where she is in the Middle East, and she's going to do a Reddit corner. She didn't want to, as you will find out, but she done one, because that's what love is for. Through good times, through bad times, through needing podcast material when you're away. 
I understand now why people don't like this over the dark paranormal. I've just got it. Anyway, shall we have a paranormal review? Yes, we shall. Yes, it's time to review something paranormal so you don't have to review it for yourself. I sounded inadvertently Welsh there. And, um, yeah, what we were going to review today was a film that I watched which is fantastic. I thought it was dead good. It was called Talk To Me, and I watched it on Amazon Prime. Now, that was going to be the review, and then I went on to social media and i seen that Emma, the lovely Emma, who I do adore and think she's amazing, from Real Life Ghost Stories, was reviewing Talk To Me. And I was like, you wonderful lady, what am I going to do now? So instead, last night, I spent a full hour and a half watching My Amateurville Horror. Bum, bum, bum. Now, My Amateurville Horror is a documentary about Daniel Lutz, okay? So a member of the Lutz family who moved into, you know, the Amateurville house after the murders and allegedly witnessed all these things going on. Now, this is one of the most weirdest documentaries I've ever watched. And I don't mean that in a good way. Okay, I don't mean as in like you leave it going, oh my God, what did I see? My brain will never be the same again. I mean as in, I don't know. Let me put it this way. Daniel, who is the focus of the entire documentary, like he says things like, I'm finally getting to tell my side of the story. And then the interviewer will be like, so can you tell us what happened? And he goes, oh my God, man, I I don't even want to do this. And it's like, you need to make your mind up here, son. Anyway, he's a very, he needs, he does need help, whether that be therapy or what. He needs help. Um, And that's not me being all arse on him or being sly. It's obvious. Watch the film. Is it manipulative of him? No, not necessarily so, no. I don't think it is. Because, and this is the weird little caveat, I think there's been some sort of quid pro quo thing gone on here between him and the director. Because within seven fucking minutes of the documentary, there are two scenes of Dan playing the guitar. Clearly, he's a failed musician. Or when I say failed... He's not a successful money-making musician, okay? And forgive me how I pronounce musician. I pronounce a lot of words differently than other people because I'm Kev. Hi! Anyway, um, yeah, but it's, like, so blatantly, like, cringe to a point. It's like, um, within seven minutes, there's been a scene where it's just a complete black background. He's wearing sunglasses and is playing a guitar solo. There's no call for it. And then three minutes later, he's getting filmed playing an acoustic guitar, again with sunglasses on. It's pissing down outside. There's no need for the shades. And he's, like, strumming something. And I don't know. I think it's been a case of him saying, well, I get to play the guitar quite a lot in this in case a record exec spots me. And the guys went, yeah. And that vibe carries on throughout for me. It's like there's a bit in it where um, he says to some investigator, I thought about killing George, George Lutz, this is. I thought about killing George about 50 times. In fact, I tried about 50 times. And he stands up and, like, flares his arms out like some testosterone man. Um, I've tried to kill George 50 times. And the woman goes, you tried to kill George 50 times? Snip to Daniel in sunglasses in a dark room playing a a fucking solo again. It's like he's trying to portray himself as some tortured rock star. Okay. 
But all of that said, there is, there's like 20, you know, like if you sieve for gold, right? I mean, not that I've ever fucking sieved for gold, but I imagine there's a lot of shite. And then now and again, you see a little nugget of gold and you go, ooh, there's a few of them where you're like, now that's interesting. You do get to see the real him on about maybe 5% of this documentary. And the 5% that you do see is very interesting. It really is. But mainly, he just, he, he contradicts himself loads. He, he backs up. All he does really is tell you what's happened in the film. Like he confirms the flies, beds moving, bed shaking, ooze in the walls, all this carry on. But he blames it on George, which is an interesting angle. He says from minute one, he hates George, George Lutz. He says he was an occultist. He says he abused him. He just allegedly tried to kill him 50 times. Um, and then in the next breath, he's like, oh, everything in the films and in the books, all bollocks compared to what I've seen. It's like, no, you just said exactly what's in the film. I mean, what is obvious is that he's one hell of a tormented guy. He really is. And you can't help but feel sorry for him, you know, like genuinely. I'm not even sure that he knows if his memories are real or not. And I don't mean that as in to say, oh, you're putting out someone's mental health issues. I mean, like, as in it happens to normal people without any mental health problems. Like, yeah, you know, for example, the other day I said to Becca, me and Becca were talking about something. And I said, ah, but remember that time when I, and it was like a, a story with a moral that happened to me. And she pointed out it happened to her. And she told me, but my brain had put me in the fucking story. And even now I'm convinced it happened to me and it didn't. It's Becca's story, but your brain can do these things. And it, it's a tough one to review. It really is. Okay, so I'm going to give it two sideways thumbs because it's an addition to the canon of the whole mystique. But is it legit? I don't know. He thinks it is. And... But I wouldn't be surprised, genuinely, if he went after a record deal afterwards. But you do feel sorry for him. And it's not because of anything to do with ghosts. Let's put it that way. I mean, think about this genuinely, seriously. Think about this, right? As a child, poltergeist activity and demons have possessed you, according to you. They've thrown you about the room. You've seen blood ooze from walls. You've seen a demonic pig. You've been thrown across the room several thousand times. And you want to get your story out there to let people know how hellish this was. Okay? So you film your first scene and you're like, it's real. I, I, I need to express how real this is and the dangers that are of the spirit world that people aren't aware of. And the director goes, cut. And you say, can we now have a piece of me playing Sweet Child of Mine? No, 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 sorry, there's a there's an incongruity there that doesn't match up. So two sideways thumbs, give it a watch if you've got an hour and a half that you really just want to waste. <laughs> that was too far too harsh. <laughs> two sideways thumbs, give it a watch just to, just to see just to see your opinion on it. You may be completely different, you know, you may think it was amazing. Ah, uh, two sideways thumbs. Hooray, it's time for my favourite time of the week, and I know I say that every week, but I mean it every week, and it's when we get to talk about your true paranormal experiences. Now, today's experience comes in from a fellow Scouser named Charlotte. Hello, Charlotte. And she writes, hello there. Hi. 
I'll start with the traditional hello Kevin, hi, hello Becca, hi, and the cat. The neighbour's cat, Charlotte, don't just put the cat. Honest to God. I'm joking, the cat says meow. I'm also from the pool. That's what we colloquially call Liverpool. Anyway, hailing from an area very close to the city centre. Ooh, she could be a stone's throw from me. This feels a bit creepy now. Anyway. And like you, Kevin, I could probably win a prize in a Talking for Great Britain competition. Hey! So I'll try and keep it short and sweet as possible. I don't think I'll manage. Ha ha! I'm a pretty new listener and absolutely loving your podcast, working my way through every episode. Well, thank you. That's very nice of you. I've experienced many paranormal happenings since I was a young girl, until probably being about 22 years old, when in a desperate panic screamed at a ghost of a lady to go away and never come back. In brackets, I'm now 37. And weirdly since then, I have odd feelings of presences and I've known things, in brackets, had dreams or awake intuition that then have happened. But I've never actually seen another ghost since then. I'll be honest, even though I've experienced many things, I am still so confused about it all with my intuition thing. I just don't understand my own brain. I think I'm a true believer. How couldn't I be? But there's still that knocking doubt. What if it's you, mate? What if you're crazy? I'm a fan of Harry Price, the famous and wonderful debunker, and like the old Harry, in brackets, please don't mention the bawly rectory debacle, oh Harry. I like to analyse and pull apart occurrences to explain them rationally and see what's left that can't be explained. I certainly don't like being duped or fakery. Also, growing up in a strong Catholic family, in brackets, note I personally am not religious since my teens, things like this were always brushed under the rug, so to speak, with little notice taken. So, a mixture of fear and being told it was nothing slash not real made me think it must be a bit mad, and so I've never been very open or forthcoming talking about it. I didn't want them taking me to see the priest about it, or people thinking I was lying or was crazy. In short, I haven't told many people about my experiences for my own lack of clarity on the matters, and I don't want them to think I'm mad. There's been quite a few experiences, and so I don't want anyone to think it's like the boy who cried wolf, and they think I'm telling a story. Hence, only a couple of people know about some of my experiences. Only my lovely husband knows them all. I'll tell you about two of my scariest experiences, but as an overview, as a child I felt the presence and actually saw numerous ghosts or spirits or shadows etc. Mostly these experiences or feelings were not very nice. Some were terrifying, although one was meh. Okay, she wasn't trying to scare me, but I didn't want to see her. Once I felt a very caring presence a present of a man at my grandparents' new house, who I first saw in the shed on the day we moved in, and then a number of times in the house, popping his head around the door as if to say goodnight. I know this wasn't my granddad. He's about 5'8", and the man was very tall and very thin as he leaned around the doorframe, maybe six foot or more. This is Kev here. I just want to say, that doesn't sound too pleasant. I'll be honest, if a six-foot man popped his head around the doorframe, I wouldn't think he's just saying goodnight. I'd think, can I jump through double-glazed windows? 
and would I survive the landing? Hmm. Anyway, we're about to read Charlotte's first experience and her next experience will be on next week's episode. So Charlotte's first experience goes like thusly. Goes like thusly. Goes thus. I don't know whether that's right. This is her first experience. Something really terrible happened that I won't go into here for various reasons. Three of my sister's friends died. They were all around 15 years old. One of them was her best friend. It was a really fecking hard time, as you can imagine, and it hit my sister and the community hard. I'll be honest, I was about 12. I was very young and I didn't have loads of emotions I understand and have never responded to death in a way some might expect you to. I don't cry instantly. It's probably shock. I'm quite quiet and blank and sometimes holding tears for months before they come. My sister, on the other hand, is what we would call a drama queen. She's full of every emotion to its fullest. And being a big feeler took the loss of her closest friend very, very badly. I, with a bit of lack of understanding of emotional stuff, tried to be there for her, but I couldn't and didn't really know how. Me and my sister were always very close. Not like a twins bond, but I'd say a close connection. We were sleeping over at a family member's house. I'd heard a little girl in this house crying before, non-stop on a few occasions, and possibly being the cause of the bed covers being pulled off from the bottom of the bed a fair few times. So it wasn't my favourite house, to be fair. Maybe a month or so after my sister's close friend died, me and my sister were sleeping in this family member's house as we did once a week. I was awake looking around the room. It was dark, but there was light coming through the curtains from the lights in the garden. I could see all the features of the room. The wardrobe, and I could see the pattern on the curtains, the bedding, so it wasn't too dark. My sister was asleep, and then I saw a very dark, pretty dense shadow. And it wasn't a person shape, but it kind of was loosely. It moved near the bottom of the bed, across the bed, and on my sister's side. It moved across her, swooshing almost above her head, and its hand went to touch her forehead. It was almost moving in sort of slow, steady motion, and I don't know why, but I lay there, watching, frozen, not knowing what to do. I think I was probably holding my breath. It almost made contact when she sharply jumped up right at that moment, screaming. It was absolutely fucking terrifying, to say the least. I think I grabbed her and I hugged her, but in the flurry and fear, I don't actually know what happened to the shadow. If it moved away slowly or disappeared or what. But when I looked around, it wasn't there, or I couldn't see it. It wasn't there. It was as real as a person. A physical thing. And I was fully awake. There was no explanation, but it was there. And it was real. In all honesty, I thought and felt it was death. Death as an entity. A being. It was the only thought I can remember having. And it seemed true to me at the time, and still does. 
yet I obviously can't explain or prove that. Later, thinking death had taken her friends, and it almost touched her, but it didn't get her this time. It wasn't her time, but it felt like it was definitely around her. When I was hugging her, trying to calm her, we didn't discuss it. We just hugged it out as far as I recall, and I don't think we spoke. But about three or so weeks later, I was waiting till I thought she was a bit calmer, and I had the courage to ask. I asked her why she woke up screaming that night. What had happened? Was it a bad dream? Now, I may have misremembered her wording here, because this was 25 years ago, but she said, I dreamt that death was coming for me. In brackets, what the holy fudge. I didn't tell her at the time what I saw. I did tell her many years later. We've always had a connection. It was your episode from Matt, in brackets, Facebook mod Matt, about the shadow figure that prompted me to write to you. So thanks, Matt. Thinking that Matt's was around the time of stress, maybe this is the same as mine too. And maybe it wasn't anything to do with death themselves, but the stress situation. I don't know. And I don't think I ever want to have a situation to find out. But I'm forever curious. Wow, Charlotte, thank you for story number one. Story number two will follow next week. That is amazing. And it's so interesting how you thought you personified or you witnessed the personification of death. I've only really ever heard that once before. And it was a tale of a guy who, in a hospital somewhere in the States, I think, he was seen wearing like brown flares dressed in the 70s gear. And he'd walk up to a patient's bed and be like, hey, and then they die. Do you know? But anyway. It, I always think of him for some reason. He stays in my mind. He's like an omnipresent figure. But thank you so much, Charlotte, for that story. And indeed, for next week's story that we will share next week. And a big thank you to our moderator, Matt. We know he's out there listening. Hello, Matt. And thank you for inspiring people to send in their paranormal experiences. We should all praise Matt because literally... I am the world's worst person at social media. You probably know if you've sent a message 19 months ago and not received a reply. But Matt keeps the ship running and afloat. So we're all grateful for Matt. Round of applause for Matt, everyone. I'm sure you're all clapping, whether you be on a bus, a ferry, or indeed a train. Anyway, shall we now head down to the spooky basement where Becca lives? Yes, let's do it. Pretend to walk downstairs noise. Oh, my God, she's not here. Where is she? I don't know. Let's see if we can find her. Ladies and gentlemen, now it is time for Paranormal Reddit Corner with Becca. OK, so all the way from the Middle East, we, by the magic of the internet, have a very special guest. And they're not that special. Well, they are that special, but they're also... Hi. <laughs> I don't know, but I mean, look, you're in Saudi Arabia. So... I can't hear this, you know, just because you can't see me doesn't mean I can't hear you. Not that special. No, I know, I didn't, I didn't mean that. Of course I didn't mean that. How are you? Surprise, surprise. So she's still a black now. Um, so how's life over there? Yeah, yeah, it's all right. Well, it was all right until two minutes ago when 
I had a quick half hour in the hotel room. So I thought, oh, I'll ring my loving partner back in the UK, you know, for a quick chat. And he goes, oh, brilliant. Well, I've got you. Can you do a Reddit corner? It's like, well, yes, but should we also, like, have a chat first? You know, shall we catch up, considering we are thousands of miles away? And he was like, oh, right, yeah, yeah, sorry, yeah. Um, anyway, have you been? Okay, I'm going to find your story now. <laughs> hey, I did. we did have a catch-up. I, I was talking, it got to the point where there was, like, nothing else to talk about. And then I thought, I said, right, are you all right to do this? It's not like we... <laughs> It did not get to the point where there was nothing else to talk about. Got, got to 30 seconds in after I reminded you that we should probably have a quick chat first. And then you were like, yeah, okay, so back to Reddit. Anyway, anyway, do you, do, all that shit aside, do you have the, the Reddit corner I've just sent you? Because you won't be able to access it over there. Yes. One second. Where is it? You sent me a picture, didn't you? I sent you a, a screenshot, yeah, because I don't think you can get Reddit. But anyway. But anyway, what would you what would you know about getting Reddit? No, no idea about what what you can and can't get over there. But also, you're hardly gonna. I doubt you've been working and thinking. Oh, I wonder what I can choose from Reddit for Reddit corner. Yeah, well, I mean, you don't put that much thought into it either, do you? Well, no, yeah, no, not really. Okay, I have it. You've got it. Give us an intro okay. then. Okay. Welcome to Reddit Corner with Becca. From a special episode all the way from the Middle East. Woohoo! Let's begin. Let's. The title of this story is Why Has a Ghost Been Consistently Following Me Since Childhood? Good question. When we all want to see the answers to this. Well, we want to hear the answers. (laughs) So the story goes For years, my family, minus my dad, has made me feel like I was crazy. But there's been a ghost following me wherever I've lived since I was a child. Mm. This is, I bet you already the dad's done it. Well, yeah, if the dad's all right with it. <laughs> this gaslight into the highest order, no doubt. Anyway, this is the fourth house I've lived in, and I remember him in at least three, him. But I was really young when we lived in the first house, and I can't remember if it was him or a different one. He doesn't do anything other than turn on the TV or my gaming systems randomly, make a light flicker, or you'll just see slash hear him walking around the house. Sometimes you'll hear the front door unlock, open and close, relock, and footsteps. Oh, that would be petrifying. That's fucking terrifying that someone coming in your house. Yeah, yeah, I know. That's um, my ghost. Recently, my husband of less than a year started seeing him. It started last summer with the front door opening and closing, but over the past few months, he started seeing him walk around the house at night as well. Do you not haunted you being stalked yeah and doing what what is this guy doing when he sees this is he just going back to sleep he also said he's been in in the bathroom of the kitchen a few times and he's heard footsteps walk past it and through the kitchen during the day he has had legitimate terror on his face every time he's mentioned something it makes me feel a little better but at the same time worries me a bit now that he's that worries me a bit that he's now so comfortable with him He's not hurting anything. The worst things he's ever done was startle me a lot because it's not something you ever really get used to. But it would be nice to at least know what what it is about me that's drawn him to me all these years. And that's the end of the the thing. That's the end of the thing. Well, that's the end of the screenshot that I've sent you. But I happen to know because I have the internet over here. I know you've got it there, Tim. I'm not showing off. How do you how do you think we're talking? I have the. Internet. I know. Yeah, I'm not showing off. I'm just saying. Um, somebody's, you know, but I normally say to you, has anyone replied? Mm. Um, but somebody has replied. Someone said, in my experience, it could be many reasons. My husband has a few spirits that follow him. In fact, this response is, it goes on for ages. Basically, 
it ends with, anyway, my guess is you might be slightly sensitive to ghosts. Perhaps the ghost is a distant relative, but without knowing more about the ghost, it's hard to say the reasoning for following you. I think it's probably just got comfortable around your husband and that's why he's seeing the ghost as well. But this ghost might be protective of you, which can be nice. Hmm, can it? My husband and I very occasionally have some not-so-nice things wander through, but they're usually ushered out very quickly by our more well-meaning residents. So this person's implying they live like rent-a-ghost in a house full of ghosts. Some are nice, some are not. And when the bad ones arrive, the nice ones usher them out. What makes you Yeah, the nice ones get, like, territorial and protect them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. And the OP, as they call it, the original poster has put, thank you, that makes me feel better. I told my husband he's probably comfortable with him now. He's not worried, but I just find it so weird he never revealed himself to my dad. But he's that comfortable with my husband. Eh? Oh, 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 hold on. Then the OP has replied. Sorry, my dad has seen them since he watched his mum die of a heart attack. That got dark quick, didn't it? Yeah. So he saw his mum die of a heart attack and then started seeing a ghost, but these things are not linked. And, uh, you two, hey, I'm just reading from Reddit. Somebody's asked some questions and do you think these are, do you think these are valid questions? So he says, I have a few questions to steer you in the right direction. Why does your dad believe you? You think, Becca, because he's a gaslighter. <laughs> um, well... I mean, look, I just say it was suspicious. If no one else believed that the dad did. Also, I mean, these all sound these all sound like people things to me, not ghost things. Like, you know, opening and closing the door, the footsteps, everything else. Also, someone say, you know, maybe the ghost's protecting you. I don't know where they picked that up from in the story because there's nothing about this that suggests that the person feels protected in any way or safer with them. They're just saying that they'd start, they've been startled a lot. Yeah, yeah, no, that's, that's a very good point, yeah. That's not like saving any or protective, is it? I'm going to protect you. It's like, well, don't stop. Stop jumping out of the fucking cupboard then. Anyway. Yeah. Um, number two. Are there any major events in yours or a close family member's life, such as a deadly accident, a murder, or something that created a major rift? <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> the casualness with which ghost people ask these things. Oh, uh, yeah, exactly. The internet. So, I mean, you Has can't... Has there been any traumatic incidents? <laughs> no. Yeah. Well, has anyone been murdered in your family? You know, just out of interest. So you can't answer that, obviously. There's another one that says, number three, was there anyone in your family that had any sort of interaction with the occult? Question mark. Um, number four, were there any strange or dangerous occurrences regarding your birth? Don't know why they'd ask that. What? Yeah. Number five, did your first place have any less than savoury histories? Now, they've they've said for one, two and five, this is a weird way to answer a question. Um, my dad watched his mum die of a heart attack on the kitchen floor about six years before I was born. That's not nice. Um, da, 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 da. That's most likely triggering the event. Number three, no occult in the family. Everyone was Catholic, except my dad... <laughs> There's something going on here. Um, except my, except da- my dad, the occultist. <laughs> except my dad, necromancer Pete, um, no, who I think was evangelical. My brother is now an atheist. Number four, as far as I know, everything was fine around my birth. 
And, oh yeah, one, two, and five are answered within the first part. I mean, we're laughing. Nobody listening, please think, they're talking about people who've died here and they're laughing their heads off. We're not, we're laughing at the fucking Blas anus, you know. Are we not back? Are you laughing at death? <laughs> yeah, no, I'm just openly laughing at death. Yeah, yeah fair enough. All right, at least you're honest. You're also um, cl- clock yeah, so watching. The, so the person's the person's last comment. The um, oh, but that would they kind of seem to be asking if the house was haunted, and therefore the the ghost has then got attached to the person, yes, and it like looks the like. person's moved. Yeah, it's taking it. But like, why would it go for that person over anyone in the rest of the family? I don't know. Well, like, I mean, to be honest, I'm more open to that as a as a as a, as a thing. For example, if our house was haunted, it's anything. It well, it would attach itself to me over you because you just don't believe. So it's got nothing to cling to. It's like yeah, because you're a suggestible little ball. So it would. Yeah, 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 exactly. So therefore, I'm like a rock face that's got loads of grips for it to cling to, and you're like a smooth oh. surface. So it's like oh, there's no point me trying to climb that because I'll fall off. And she just doesn't, because belief is everything. If you believe you can jump a stream, you'll jump a stream. Those who, what's the saying back? I forgot it. What is it? Those who think they can and those who think they can't are both right. Correct. And I think that applies to the spirit world too. What the, those who think they can attract ghosts and those who think they can't attract ghosts are both right. Yeah. 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 I'm, I'm willing to take that. You know, I, I, in fact, I think, I think, I'm that saying you've just said there. I'm going to copyright under my name, and um, and you I'll go. I don't do that because this has been recorded as me saying it first. Bastards. Okay, then those who think they can attract entities from the <laughs> ether, and the oh no, you said it first. Bastard, missed out on a fortune there, and mm. paranormal recognition. Anyway, but tell you what, you copyright it, and we'll go fifty-fifty. Sounds good. 60-40 it is, in my favour. In my name. No. Okay, well, we'll battle about this when you come home. Anyway, thanks as ever back for joining us on... Do you want to say your goodbyes? Because it is your corner from the Middle East. Yes, I would like to. Um, thank you for visiting this Middle Eastern edition of Reddit Corner with Becca. Bye, guys. Thanks, everyone. Bye, guys. Bye, guys.